Hey guys, again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our show. And if you love what you see, and I know you do, please rate, review, and subscribe. It would mean so much to us. Yeah, it absolutely means the world to us. Helps us get out to a wider audience. Really just capture more people that we can help you with this show. Again, if you're getting value, check us out. Thank you again. So grateful to you. All right, so you're in for a great episode today. Christo, I reached out to Chris because I was seeing what he was doing out there with social media, just how engaging it was, how enlightening and, and just invigorating his posts were, and just how he created this content that really just draws you in because it makes you think, and it doesn't just put something out there without giving it a full context of the background of the post. So Christo, he's got an amazing background, and the way he just thinks about the problem, looks at the task, finds the solution, just highly engaging. And get this, he's an Emmy award-winning designer, CEO and chief strategist of Blind and the founder of The Future, which is a lot we talk about today. It's an online education platform that teaches the business of design to creatives. So get ready. It's going to be a great interview. You're going to love the content and definitely go out there. Give us some feedback at the end to us. We'd love to hear from three. Well, hello, Chris. Thanks again for coming on the show. How are you? I'm doing good today, Jason. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, thank you. And you have such a diverse background. You've done so much in your time and, and when you're talking to people and you're really introducing yourself and really just bringing forward your concepts from a creative side to someone who's not that creative, how can you talk to someone like myself who, who is trying to get more active in social media, sees the, the availability and, the, and, the, and just the, the want and the need and, and just the ability to produce that it, it can provide, but I, I don't have the technical skills. So okay. talk to me. That, okay. Let's talk to the step here. All right. This is a basic communication problem, right? I think a lot of people who are into marketing and funnels and social media content creation, they tend to speak like that and they don't, they forget that there's another human being across the screen or the room with them. And I think you need to kind of just make sure that we're speaking the same language. People have been marketing and marketing is uh, trying to help people with change since the beginning of time, whether it's like, let's move from this camp to that camp, or let's, let's migrate out of Africa or whatever you believe. That's, that's you marketing an idea. It's just trying to help bring about change. Now the tools and the platforms that exist today are plentiful and they're robust and they're free. And it's a great and very inexpensive way to share your message. And, and you could just influence like where people park in your neighborhood, or you want to sell a, a course that you're creating you have to get into the content game. You have to let people know who you are. It comes down to this. Marketing to me is a very basic principle that you want to get known. You want to stand out. And if you do it really well, if you're well positioned in the marketplace, you'll reduce or possibly eliminate competition. So that's the goal of marketing. And we use the digital tools that we have available to us. And we, we can spend very little money in media buy, and we can put that towards writing, producing, editing, and, depending on who you are, that could take the form of writing long form blog posts. It could include imagery. It could include video um, slideshows. It can include live streams and webinars or podcasts, things that you and I are doing today. Yeah. I mean, so I actually, first, when I, when I came upon you, you were actually teaching on slideshows and just really the innovative, just using that as a process and was so great. And just in the time we, we are today where we're all isolated in our own capacity, and right. there's a lot of small businesses that are, that are really not set up for this. I mean, why should they be really for this event? But what kind of thought track do you have for small businesses that haven't delved into social media, but really need to start implementing that, or they have the time to do that today? Yeah. 
Okay, so I came upon this thing. I was reading this book called The Business of Expertise. It's written by David C. Baker. And in the book, he says this. He's like, you gain clarity through articulation. And that was like one of these moments where I'm like, it brought a lot of different things I've been thinking about together in a very simple statement. And, and writers will tell you, they write to discover what they know. So articulation can come in many forms. It can come in verbal, like you and I are talking. It can come in performance art, music. It's like you have to be able to translate what's here into something that somebody else can see, share, touch, or listen to. And that's really critical. And when you do this, you learn a lot about yourself and what it is that you know. Oftentimes, I'll, I'll meet with uh, potential clients or students. They'll get in the room and they'll ask me a very simple, benign question. And I say something thinking, everybody must know this already but I'm going to answer it anyways. I say it and I can see like their eyes widen and they lean in. Like what is going on? That's telling my brain something like this is valuable to somebody, at least to this group in this room, unless they're just putting me on. That means that other people might be interested in the same thing if the theory holds true. And so it's really important for all of us to articulate what it is that we're thinking just to discover ourselves. And, and that's something that every business, every person wants is to kind of figure out who they are. Now, as children and growing up, you guys might have been encouraged to, to journal daily. I didn't understand the importance of that back then. I understand the importance of it today. And most thought leaders, most influencers and entrepreneurs and successful people have some form of journaling. Mine just happens to be on social media. So you want to do this just to know who you are. And the side benefit is, well, guess what? Other people who discover you start to align to to build affinity towards you because we share the same values and belief systems that I feel connected to you for some reason now. So I may be more inclined to support you in your endeavors. And we can see this, like for example, uh, some restaurants are really struggling right now if they've not already gone out of business or filed for bankruptcy. But if you've really reached out to your local community and made an impact on their lives in, in ways that you might not even realize, they're gonna reach out, they're gonna help you. They're going to want to buy things, even they might not need it, or they'll encourage friends and they'll, they'll share very organically to others. Like, hey, support this local restaurant by doing X, Y, and Z. They're still doing takeout right now. And there are other reasons why you want to do this, but I think I just gave you a couple ideas. You know, and but you're, you're talking so right. It's about the community, right? It's, it's not always about the, about the ask, it's about giving, right? So, you know, yes. we're, we're in real estate, you know, we, we do multifamily and for our apartment buildings, it's always about making these better places to live. So right now we understand tenants are going to have a position where, you know, in all different aspects, they're going to have some tougher or some worse times. But for that point, we're still doing the right thing to make this a better place to live. And we hope that it transcends where it can help them get through this across the board. I mean, it's still a business, but in that part, you have to remember it's still people, just like you talked about here on the marketing side, right? Face to face. Um, and it, it, it does ring true. You know, I, I started writing again. I hadn't done it for years. And it, it's that parallel where, where, you, where you start with maybe an idea of the concept, but when you start writing, you just get the process going and it transcends into this whole other thing. And sometimes I think we think too many things through, right? And that probably stops us from going on social media because we're thinking about the reaction um, before we actually put the action in place. When you, when you talk and you, and you look to, to find your audience, what, what some suggestions you have for listeners as they're growing their presence, how to, how to find the right audience to talk to. Okay. Uh, what you want to do is you, you got to put on your imagination hat, your empathy hat, and try to look at the world through their eyes, like who a group of people might be. We're looking to what, what Seth Godin refers to as to, um, to uncover a previously undiscovered worldview. 
there's groups of people who feel very passionate about something in the world and people have been ignoring this group. If you can infiltrate this group, if you can learn their habits, their beliefs, their values, where they gather, the watering hole, if you will, then you start to observe and you kind of see actions and then you see patterns. And when you can do that, you'll notice there's a gap. Let's just bring it to the world of real estate. Maybe I know something or maybe I'll just speak. Yeah, so I'll say something that you're like, no, that's not how it works. But if you study certain patterns in terms of like when people buy and sell real estate and you kind of study like the, the income bracket that they're in, the amounts of change that they have in their work life, maybe you'll start to see certain patterns and then you would want to try to figure out how you can serve them better. There's a very simple exercise. If you were to imagine, take a piece of paper, fold it into three equal columns, right? On the left is a task. If you were to imagine the tasks that they do every single day from the moment in which they wake up to when they go to bed, and then you identify the gaps. So it could be that Susie is dropping the kids off or preparing this or doing X, Y, Z, and then she runs to the office to run her company. So she's in the retail space, et cetera. By this point, she has to grab lunch. You're going to notice a lot of different things. And you're going to, in the second column, write down the gaps. What are the gaps that are missing in Susie's life? How can we better help her get on in her life and business. Well, the, her favorite cafe or lunch place that she goes to, there's a long line and she doesn't really have time for that. Time is, uh, is, is of essence for her and she doesn't have a lot to give. So if that would lead us to the next part, which is the third column, third column is opportunity. If we try to serve this person, we try to help them an act of generosity, what can we do to help them in their lives? So we realize she doesn't have a lot of time. So let's create a service where Susie can order like an express from an express menu. There are only three items on the express menu, probably their most popular items. If you order one of those three, we'll have it ready curbside pickup for you. And you just show up in your designated time and we'll hand it off to you. This is a pre COVID, but especially even more important now that we're in this kind of state. So that's what you have to do. You have to start to look at the behaviors and see if you can spot patterns of a very specific group of people. When you try to cast too wide of a net, it's almost impossible to spot patterns because there are different spikes and outliers and it's just gonna drive you nuts. Yeah, I feel like when, when, when you first are, are building out, you're almost talking to too many people, right? And in that part, you're not serving anybody because you go home down. Hopefully with this, like you said, the, the advantage here is that people have time, right? Whether they want it or not, they have the time to think things through now. And hopefully they're taking advantage of it where if, yeah. they, if they are able to weather this storm, they're going to come back to their business with a whole new set of, of eyes about maybe a potential revenue stream that they never had the time to implement or didn't think of, or they've been forcing their hand right now. Like you said, the curbside pickup, right? So if before they just ultimately ruled it out because they were so busy. But that busyness now has now given them the opportunity to say, okay, maybe we can increase revenue when we come back. And it doesn't really, we don't need to add employees or others for that. So as, as we continue to, to build out brand, what, what are some of the things that you see continually from people who are building brands that are, that are red flags that they really shouldn't push the envelope with that really, if they didn't do these, it would help them a lot forward to their goal. Mm, yeah, so the word brand is used a lot and I think it's misused. It's become shorthand for a lot of different things. And I want to make sure we have a clear and mutual understanding of the word brand and branding. The first thing I would recommend everybody do is go out and read The Brand Gap by Marty Newmeyer. I'm not affiliated anyway. I don't make any money on this. But to me, it's the definitive guide to branding. You can read it, I think, in a couple hours. It's really well, well written. And Marty's definition is that brand is a person's gut feeling about a pro person, product, or service, or organization, right? So we all have brands like your, 
your family, your friends, your coworkers, your clients all have an impression of you. If enough of them have a similar impression, you now have a brand. And you can't really control it, but you can influence. You can influence it by the way that you speak, you behave in it, everything that you do, all the promises that you make, every little interaction. Like you can't go around anymore and saying like, I'm really about customer service. I care about people. And somebody calls you 10 times and you don't return their call. Yeah. Then that's the brand that you have. And, and that's the message that you're putting out there. So how can somebody start to figure out what their brand is and how can they manage it? Okay. The way that I like to do it is I like to do it from the opposite. So if ultimately it's the other people's gut feeling about you, then let's start with other people. Let's not look at ourselves. There's two ways to do this. You can say, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to market myself to people. The other way to do it, the way I prefer to do it, is look at people, figure out kind of what they want and they need and find where it overlaps with your interests, your talents, your passion and your expertise and then start to craft that. Much like the earlier exercise I ran with you about the task, the gap and the opportunity, Sure. I, I look for this and I look for common worldviews. There's movement towards sustainable living, towards uh, veganism. Uh, maybe there will be a movement sometime in the near future about having a universal basic income. You're starting to look for patterns. And then from that, you can tap into that. It's super powerful. You're looking for passionate, engaged communities that really care about something. And if you happen to do that thing, you have a built-in audience. Yeah. And that's amazing, right? Really, if you can, if you could touch on those people that are just so engaged and so heavily aligned. And sometimes we think we have to grow such a big presence, but it's really just finding that, that niche that you can really talk to that want to take action. Right. So it's, it's super helpful. And have you always tiered to the creative side growing up? Has this always been something of interest to you or was there, there a pivot moment in your life where you said, this is, this is that you caught your eye that you remember that really took you in this direction. Yeah, I think, and I believe this, I think intrinsically all of us are very creative. It's just the, our society, our culture, our education system beats the creativity out of you. It's true. Uh, people who are outliers get punished. Uh, it's always kind of teaching to the curve, the norm, the median, and that's what happens. So I'm, I'm a conflicted person because I, I, I love making things. I like thinking in the creative space in the classic definition, but I struggle with the idea like, am I going to make a living doing this? Is there a career, an opportunity for me to monetize this? And of course, most of those creative thoughts are shut down. So for me, my big point, my inflection point in my life uh, came about in that I worked at a silk screening shop. I was doing production artwork, uh, just assisting uh, the owner of the company. He sent me on a run to go and pick up some artwork. And it was in that moment that I met a professional graphic designer. His name is Dean Walker. And I realized, wow, somebody else out there in the world is making a living doing this thing that I've always dreamt about. I didn't even know what to call it. I didn't know what it looked like, but he was doing it and supporting his family. And so that was the moment which I realized, and I think I'm 17 years old at this point, that this can be my thing and that changes the course of my life. Yeah. And you look at that, right? And it, sometimes it is that, that aha moment where you just say, well, well, I guess this is just something I can do for fun, but I'll never be able to make it until you can get that real tried and true example of someone doing it. And it makes it real for you, right? And it, and it, it wasn't a mentor at the time, but almost serves as that process in your mind to say, okay, I see it and now I can implement. So today, as you continue to, to grow your presence out there, and you, you have a very awesome thing, you know, looking to, to help, I think you said a billion people, right, on, on, your, on your Instagram account here, talk to us. What, what is that message, and, and how do you put forth such a, such a audacious message, but, but it definitely accomplishable with social media is able, able to do? 
I think it's possible. Yeah. And I, I uh, was listening to a talk, and it was by a guy named Jason Silva, and he talked about uh, in the 21st century, billionaires will not be measured by the, the amount of money they have in their bank accounts, but the amount of lives they positively touch. So I want to be a billionaire in that every essence. Right? And I also know that the more people you help in life, the more that comes back to you. And uh, if you want to get religious about it, you want to call it karma, whatever it is, good vibes and energy. I believe the act of helping other people in a very generous and open spirit actually returns in multitude back to you. Maybe not right away, but in some form, shape or the other. I've been very fortunate in my life that I've had a very successful career making commercials for some of the biggest brands in the world. As part of like, I would consider my third act and a three act story here. I want to do something that is meaningful and is impactful. I've taught for 15 years and I wanted to scale that up because there's a limitation as to how many people you can teach at one moment in time. It's then that I find YouTube and I start creating content. I start to teach in scale. Of course, there's a big learning curve, but I think we're finally finding our stride in that space. I also believe that every successful person has a big, hairy, audacious goal. And I advise and coach people on this. So I was thinking, what is a ginormous goal that's going to take me all of my life and then some to achieve? And I want to teach a billion people how to make money doing what it is that they love. Now, the way I'm going to calculate this is that if I teach teachers, that's my best bet. The more teachers I can teach because they're going to teach more people. And hopefully at some point, we're going to get closer to that goal. Now, we've made an official counter just, just because people are like, how will you ever know? I'm like, it was a feeling. It's an idea. But we made a counter where if we've helped somebody and you feel like you're part of our community and tribe, you can just hit this little button, put in your email, and you get assigned a number. And so slowly but surely, maybe over the next decade, that number is going to start to look impressive. Today, it's fairly small. It's about 6,000 people. You know, I, I like how analytical you are about this and even talking your task gap and opportunity, teaching the teachers because they're going to have the biggest reach. I've never thought it that way, but that, that's actually just, just such a great thought process about how are we going to reach everybody? Well, if you're always forcing for the students, you know, you're jumping that gap right there. And that's just really just, wow, that's great. So, so Chris, a few last questions before we let you go here. As you do this and as you talk to so many people out there, what has been, maybe I, I want to take this back, what, what has been a, a through line that you see for people when they're trying to find what they love to do that, that they, they can't get across to find that? What, what is that thing that, that helps them find what it is that they truly want to do? There's a couple of ways to look at this, and I'll give you a, a couple of prompts to think about questions. Reflect back on your life when you're around five or seven years old. I think you're smart enough to know kind of things, but not so smart that you've eliminated a lot of things from your life. Go back into that space. Like, where were you? What was the house like? What was the flooring like? Was it a shag carpet? Was it a hard, uh, like hard flooring or whatever it was? Hard. Think about that for a minute. Think about the things that you love to do, the things that you're really passionate about that uh, time would disappear. And that's going to point you in a direction as this is something that gives you pure joy. Before you understood the concept of money or work or anything else, that's what you love. That's one thing that you can think about. The other prompt is to ask this question of yourself, which is if tomorrow I won the lottery and there was, I, I got more money than I could spend for, from, from now till you're dead, what is it that you would be doing with your life? So I think a lot of us wind up 
feeling uh, that we have to be responsible adults by performing a job, a task that we then provide for ourselves and then ultimately a family. And this is how we become productive members of society. It's not until you're in your 40s or 50s, even later, sometimes near your deathbed, that you start to realize, like, what was this all about? What is it that I want to do with my life? And there's a great story. I believe it's Gauguin, the famous painter in, in uh, Paris, our French painter. He would hang out in cafes and bars where great artists of his time would hang out. And he was a postman at that time. He would go there every single night and he would daydream and kind of look at that life. One day, he decides to quit his job abruptly and leave his wife and kids and move to the Caribbean or someplace like that. He started painting. And then there he found his happiness and his true passion. And that's how he became who he is. So sometimes following your passion, who you are, there are sacrifices. Like a lot of people want all of this and they're not willing to give up that. I'm not saying to leave your husband or wife or children behind, but it might require a sacrifice of financial stability for a time. It might require a sacrifice of uh, time, effort, and energy. But it's something that I think you want to have this conversation now while you're still able-bodied and your, your mind is together to do it now, to kind of realize your true potential and do the things that you love. It's tremendous. Uh, yeah, that, that's a great note to finish off there. Thank you so much. Super helpful. So, Chris, for, for people that want to learn more about you, there's, where would be the best platform for them to reach out and connect? Sure. I have this company. It's called The Future. And if you go to thefuture.com, we're there. And the future is spelt without an E. The way I remind people is the future has no ego. Just drop the ego and then you're good. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm pretty much on every platform. It's at the Chris Doe, which is my name. Doe is spelled D-O. That's awesome. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. Super appreciate your time. My pleasure. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Join us for your second cup of coffee every Monday through Friday at noon. Live every day bringing us our best content we've done so far. Super excited, super engaging, bunch of great guests. We're here to answer your questions and we so appreciate you listening. Make sure to check this out. Can't wait to see you.